Hey, imagine if you were in a challenge to the death. Oh, like an old Western movie, you know, where two guys have a gun duel. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, more like a prayer duel to the death. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Yeah, well, that's exactly what happened in the upcoming story. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Bible Story Podcast and to Saturday evening Family Camp Chapel. You know, okay, I think we've got to explain just a couple of things because, well, we've got two audiences. We've got many more audiences, technically. Okay, we've got two, two audiences. Who's our audience? We've got this beautiful group of people in front of us. That's at one. Family Camp. Okay. And then our podcast audience. Yeah, but they're like, could be, they're unknown at the time. So they could be like tomorrow. They couldn't be tomorrow. They could be next week, next month, right. next year. They could be at any time. They could be on the road. They okay, could be so the for the audience sitting in front of us, because uh, that could go on for on and on and on, uh, you're listening to the Bible Story Podcast, which is we're going to be recording right now. And it is, yeah, it's just kind of happening. It's so, live. It's live. So, audience, if you can make some noise to tell the people driving in their cars right now that we're not indeed alone. Okay, that, that was literally Braden all by himself. <laughs> Twelve voices at once. Yes. Um, yeah, because we do often make jokes about doing this alone in the office uh, during the slow seasons of January and February. It gets lonely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talk to ourselves most days, but only one day a week do we record it. That's right. All right. So tonight's message and or presentation, although if you're listening, it's just your, a message. It's just a message right now. But our presentation will be seen in person and it's going to be our next podcast released on Monday, July 4th. Okay. So for those listening to the podcast, if you're new, uh, Braden and I, we both work at Covenant Bay Bible Camp on the first week of July and the first week of August. Uh, we host Family Camp, and that's what everybody in front of us are, is at right now, and we have a great time together. There's good food, good people, and some more good food, and some opportunities to grow closer to Jesus. It's a great time. Yeah, I've eaten more food this weekend than most weekends this, this year. Yes, you did. I watched. Who has enjoyed the food? <laughs> that's right. I, I really enjoyed the sauce. Pancakes are always listening. Okay, yes. so friends, if you are online, then well, I got to say that you are missing out and you should probably have some FOMO, enough FOMO to at least sign up for our next family camp, which is this August or next year. We want to see you. It would be way more fun to have you here in person than just to be the voice on the radio talking right now. Absolutely. So for those, um, our net, each episode of this podcast, let me just explain it. We tell a story. Yep. We share a lesson. A Bible story. A Bible story. And Bible, then a Bible lesson. And then a growth tip. And then we have a bit of fun all in the all at the same time. So it's a good time. Yeah. So uh, I'm mostly the funny one. Um, and John is the old guy. Um, and we just go from there usually. <laughs> it's not untrue. It's not untrue. Okay. So yeah. For the past several weeks, we've been in the book of Nehemiah. And the week this week, we're going to take a break. And we're going to be looking at the story in the book of 1 Kings, and it's found in chapter 18. Yes. Okay, so to catch everyone here up and to catch anyone listening, a little bit of background that we like to do every time that we're uh, recording. So we're going to be record, we're going to be list, no, we're going to be reading about the nation of Israel. Now, 
Israel, Israel has been in some strife and they have split. And we have... We have two. We have two. Israel... Has split into a part. Yes. And so we have Israel to the north and Judah to the south. Yeah. So both nations have had their struggles following God faithfully. And from what, if you read the scriptures, you'll kind of notice that Judah has struggled uh, maybe more in the sense of, in the good sense, like they're trying harder to follow God. Yeah. But neither one really get a gold star in all of this. And yeah. So no, they're kind of going in the opposite direction. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, okay. And since the very beginning, we have seen Israel as a nation really struggle. They've had a really difficult time following God. And yet we see that God has been consistently faithful to them. Even when it appeared like God had abandoned them, yeah. it was actually for their good. Like God wanted to get their attention and say, hey, listen, you're screwing things up. You need to come back to me and be obedient. So it was a hard lesson, a lot of hard lessons, but God wanted them to learn. And we see this pattern with Israel kind of quickly form. And so what happens is uh, Israel would be good and then they would start rebelling against God. So who here uh, knows what rebelling is? Mm-hmm. Great. Anyone who has been a teenager or, or is currently in teenager dumb or just a rebellious adult. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, so rebellion is when you like, when you know what's right or when your parents ask you to do something and then just you don't do it out of kind of no reason. You're just like, nope, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's rebellion. So they go through this pattern, they go, they're good with God, then they rebel, and then life becomes really awful, and then they repent, which means they say that they're sorry, and they uh, try and right themselves with God, um, and then that happens again. Then God shows them grace, then they're good with God, then they rebel again on some other issue, and that goes on and on and on. You rinse and repeat that with Israel, just like your daily shampoo routine. I may have rinsed and repeated that a few times in my own life. So God, God warned the nation of Israel through Samuel, another dude. Uh, he was a prophet, and yep. he, he warned them not to ask for a king, but they didn't listen. Now, this is Israel before it split into two, two nations. And so finally, God said, gave them a king. And at first, it kind of went okay, and then it went really poorly, and then it went really, really well for a few decades. That's that pattern. And then it <laughs> went really badly, and everybody just kind of stopped worshiping God. And the nation divided, and after several kings in both Judah and Israel, we get to today's story. Okay, so the story today has a couple different characters. Yes. Uh, the characters we have are King Ahab, who is the seventh king in the history of Israel. And then there is his wife, Jezebel, mm -hmm. and then a prophet that comes in later. And, and, and she's really not a good person. Jezebel, that is. Like, no. She is, she's kind of, not kind of, she's completely leading them in a different direction than what God wants. And to lead... To, to really live and worship in an immoral manner, uh, worshiping Baal and other idols. It was, it was mm -hmm. bad. Yeah, and Baal was a false god. False god, that's a, right. A not true god. Um, and so, truthfully, Ahab 
the guy we see there with the crown, um, he didn't need a lot of encouraging to go in a poor direction. He was already on a pretty bad path. He wasn't uh, being, you know, very truthful to who God was had created him to be. Yeah. So Elijah's another character, and Elijah was a prophet, and he, God gave him special messages, and he was to pass those on to a person or a group, and that's what he did. Okay, so one more thing. There was a really uh, big famine, which mean that means that food wasn't growing very well, right? Plants weren't growing very well, and that can happen for a few different reasons, um, but this was because of a severe drought. So unlike today, podcast listeners who are in the future, uh, it <laughs> rained a lot today. <laughs> it rained so much. Uh, and so we don't have a drought. But uh, this was this famine was because of a severe drought. And here's what Elijah said to Ahab. Now, this is in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead told King Ahab, as surely as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Hmm. That's a bold statement. This is really bold. So as you can imagine, King Ahab, he didn't really like Elijah. And in his mind, Elijah was always bringing trouble and difficulty. So no rain, you can imagine, no rain for this nation would have been really difficult, made a lot of hardship. And everyone was going to look to King Ahab to fix it, right? Not a lot of fun for Ahab. Okay, so now the drought was for three years, so it just continued to get worse. Uh, and, and things were horrendous. Awful. That's a big word. Um, Ahab and Obadiah, uh, the man in charge of the palace, set out in two opposite directions to search for pasture lands for the king's animals because what do kings got to eat? King, uh, mm-hmm. king food. <laughs> yeah, Did you, I say king? Yeah, you totally asked him what kings got to eat and you <laughs> meant animals. Well, kings got to eat too, I guess. Kings eat grass? What do animals eat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. And a drought doesn't give us that food. No. So there's no... Yeah, they can. There's no water anywhere, which means not a whole lot of grass. And so they're having a tough time finding it. So at the same time, as Ahab and Obadiah set out, God spoke to Elijah and said, go find King Ahab and go see him. It's kind of like a wild goose chase, although mm-hmm. probably not a goose involved. No, it was people. <laughs> okay, so as Obadiah walked along, he suddenly saw Elijah also walking his way. Now, he was really surprised and, and more than a little bit stressed about this. So Ahab had been searching everywhere for, to see Elijah, find him. And in every king he searched, he forced the king in that nation, of that nation to swear to the truth. And it, it was kind of an intense moment for these kings. And while we don't know the consequence if they were caught lying, uh, I'm sure it wouldn't have been good. If you read context in the Old Testament, going against what the king wishes is mm-hmm. never ends up great. So now Elijah is standing there in front of Obadiah, right? Telling him to go and get Ahab. Okay. It is scary. It's tense. It sounds crazy, but Obadiah was scared that the spirit of God, okay, listen to this kids, that the spirit of God would come and carry Elijah off. And he would be left 
with a very upset King Ahab. That would be pretty crazy. Imagine if you're playing with your friend and all of a sudden you're like, the spirit of God, like, friend's gone. And you're like, where'd they go? That and was kind of what Ahab was talking about. Here. And then it would be even worse Obadiah, if there was say. an angry king in front of you. Yes, <laughs> that's right. So Elijah promised Obadiah that he would show up. He would be there. And, and, and he got King Ahab. And when King Ahab saw uh, Elijah, he exclaimed, So is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? Rhetorical question, question we don't need to answer, mm-hmm. but has anyone else been called a troublemaker before? Mm, maybe. <laughs> twice? Maybe. Just twice in my life, that's it. You are a troublemaker <laughs> today, John. Okay. <laughs> Three times. Uh, okay, so Elijah responds like this. He says, I have made no trouble for Israel. Elijah replied, you and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now, summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. So they met on, at Mount Carmel uh, for a showdown between God's prophet, God's prophet Elijah, and all the prophets of Baal and Asherah. That, I, like, it's kind of like a Western at this point, right? Like a showdown. It didn't sound Western-ish at all. What? Isn't that the Western jingle? You sound like off-brand Star Wars. There you go. Off-brand Star Wars. You just got dissed hard. That's so funny. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, man. Okay. John Wayne knows what I'm saying. <laughs> so Elijah stood in front of everyone and he had this to say. He says, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? The Lo- if the Lord is God, follow him. And if Baal is God, then follow him. So the people just stood in silence. They weren't sure what to say or what to do. They knew the true God, the God of their ancestors, and yet they also knew the gods they were worshiping. Okay, time out. It's not a hockey game. I gotta go bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) That's awkward. Just jokes. Okay, I do think we need to explain something in, in broad details. We need to give this audience a history of Westerns because they don't know the music. Uh, Just jokes. No. (laughs) <laughs> all right so okay time out we need to explain something though okay we need to give them some details about Baal yes. and why that yeah why Baal wasn't good to worship um and and kind of uh well Baal first of all was worshiped as the fertility god right right yeah and then Ashra. Ashra was understood to be the mother goddess. And so both of these, this is kind of crazy, uh, but both of these gods were often, the worship involved, often involved some prostitution and, and sexual perversion and practices that were just clearly, really, really not good and, and against what God had hoped and had planned for his people. Yeah. Now, okay, so it's easy for us to look at the nation of Israel and see how messed up they were. It's easy Mm. for us to point fingers, right? We've all pointed at someone else and said they're in the wrong. Um, And it's also to see, on the other hand, why God is so upset by them worshiping these other gods 
and goddesses and idols. Right. So Elijah sets the ground rules and for this showdown, and there's it. He just plain, puts it up really, really plainly. Right. Okay. So he says this. <clears throat> I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish, and they can cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood of the altar, but not yet set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. So all the people agreed to this. They're like, yep, that sounds really straightforward, really clear. Let's do this. And then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, he says, you go first. There's so many of you. Choose one of the bulls, prepare it, and call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. And the prophets of Baal, they prepared the altar, the bull, and from morning until afternoon, till noontime, they danced and they shouted and they did everything they possibly could to convince Baal to set fire to the altar. But nothing happened. Yeah, they're making a big ruckus. They are. And, and, and nothing. Nothing. Crickets. No. Crickets. Okay, so this is really funny. Uh, I like... Uh, <laughs> This response. So Elijah has a very sarcastic response, which is, um, I know somebody like that. Just a, yeah, just, just a little. I don't know bit. who you're talking about. Okay, so this this is his response. He says, he says, you're gonna have to shout louder. Elijah scoffed. <laughs> For surely he is a god. Perhaps he's daydreaming. Maybe he's relieving himself, Ooh. or is busy somewhere else. Maybe engaged in business. Who knows? Maybe he's away for a trip or asleep and needs to be wakened. Okay, so clearly Elijah's now trash-talking these other prophets. I think the kids say throwing shade. Throwing shade. Yeah. So clearly I'm going to be cool and, uh, and uh, Elijah's throwing shade. Is that what kids say? If you're a kid, put your hand up. Do you he's, say that? He's... Oh, he's... Nobody? What about... Oh... Those are 90s things. Brayden, you just tried to flex and you like didn't. Sweet, sweet flex, John. We're so smart. Okay, so. Continue on. <laughs> the prophets. That's so funny. <laughs> the prophets of Baal, they continued all afternoon. So they start in the morning. Then Elijah starts trash talking them yep. in, at noon. And then they go all afternoon. And still no response from Baal. He did nothing. It was now evening, and it was time for the evening sacrifice, according to the law of Moses, at least. And he called the people over to his, to his area, and he began repairing the altar. And he set 12 stones, representing 12, the 12 tribes of Israel, before it split into two nations. He then dug a trench, and he... And the, the trench was big enough and it went all the way around the altar and it was big enough to hold like three gallons of water. So a fairly decent sized trench. And then he piled wood on top of the altar, cut the bowl into pieces and laid them on the wood. Yeah, he then went and grabbed four jars filled with water and poured them all over the altar. 
They filled them a second and a third time and again poured the water all over the altar. So soaking it with water. Yeah. And at the usual time for the offering, the evening sacrifice, uh, Elijah, the prophet, walked up to the altar and prayed this prayer. He says this, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all of this in your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Then, then the fire of God, this is crazy, the fire of God came and flashed down and burnt, it burnt the bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. The water in the trench was licked up by the fire. The people were shocked when they saw this happen. They bowed down and in worship and shouted it in unison, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Now, there's clearly no doubt who the true God was in Israel at this moment. People of, you know, worshiping Baal had danced and sang for hours and hours, almost a whole day, I think. Yeah, a long time. And nothing happened. And then here, Elijah soaks his offering in buckets of water and God still, I mean, creates this huge, massive fire that not only burns the bowl and the wood, things that we know to burn, but stones and dust as well. So it's pretty amazing. Amazing. It is. Elijah then commanded the people to seize the prophets of Baal and to take them down to Kidron Valley to be executed. It's pretty intense. Yeah, this is... Really intense. This is a really intense story. Yeah. So, I mean, if we think of it as a whole, it's... It's like this huge moment for Israel, right? The entire nation of Israel. Um, and it's, it's hard to grasp how impactful this is. I think it's interesting as we sit here in the chapel of Covenant Bay and, and you're listening to us either live or in your car, we're kind of listening and it's, it's easy to talk about, we're, easy to go over. It's pretty chill for us right here. We're not watching an execution. Another, another one of those uh, 90s terms, chill. <laughs> I think that's even before that. I'm vibing. <laughs> what what decade is that from, kids? The wow, am I the, that old? The 1700s. 1700s. All right. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, it's relatively calm for us, but I do think that the lesson that the Israelites learned is something actually that we still continue to wrestle with and learn today. So Elijah puts it as a challenge to everyone. He says, yes. how much longer... How much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. Okay, I got I to gotta make a statement. Uh, all right. It might be a question. I don't really know. Okay, well, <laughs> we're ready. Okay, in fairness, I don't think I see anyone today worshiping Baal. I've, right? ne- I've and, never seen it. And Ash. Asherah. I mean, there's different types of people doing, you know, different things, but I don't think that, you know, um, it's, it can't equate to what was happening then. I just, I I think what was happening in Israel was so revolting and, and to put on top of it, they were celebrating those actions. Hmm. Yeah. People in those days of Israel, they really acted with no shame in regard to their worship and their behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, people today, 
well, like we don't have an astral pole in our in our backyards, and we don't have like a, a an idol of Baal in our living rooms, or right. I don't know of anybody. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we're not worshiping other things. No, like we were made, we were created by God to worship. So if we're not worshiping God, hmm. then we're going to be worshiping something. And and I think one of the things that we do have is, you know, we have. Our world today has access to, to images and videos on, on devices mm-hmm. that symbolize a lot of the same things that those idols symbolized. And they lead to some of those same behaviors. And I think the question for us today and our society as a whole is the question that I, Elijah asked the people. And it's really, really important that yeah. we answer this. All right, I'll restate the question. It says this, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. So today, we have to answer this question. Who is the true God? And then follow him. Growth tip time. Growth tip time. All right. Oh, I thought we were going again. Uh, you liked it so much. <laughs> uh, I made John write that jingle like two years ago, and it's one of my favorite parts of the podcast. <laughs> it's so such a weird thing for me to play every he, time. Growth it's tip growth, time. Growth tip time. It's a Western. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the 1600s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So every week we do this growth tip, yeah. right? So every week uh, we have a growth tip and basically a growth tip is a small tip or a trick that gives us a, a, a tip in which we can grow in our relationship with God. It's something to practice. And today's tip is something that I think we will all just love. It's kind of like a candy treat, like, like something that you'd look for, like Christmas Pup- or puppies, but your puppies, yeah, Butter- so butterflies. so much fun for everybody to participate in this. It's called... Confession. Okay, I tricked. John set you up for that one. I did. So confession. Confession is a practice, something that we do that we that often is shortchanged. So mm-hmm. James 5.16 says this. Confess your sins or the bad things that we do. It says confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So confession is best done with others. You know, we need other people as an expression of God's grace and love, and we need others in our efforts of repentance. Yeah, so repentance is simply this. It's simply turning away, Mm -hmm. um, and it's a turning point within our lives, a decision to stop behaving in a sinful way and begin living in a way that honors God. So the decision is the easy part, right? It's easy to say, yeah, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to stop doing this. The hard part is the daily grind, the living out of that decision. That's the hard part. Because, for instance, raise your hand if you know the difference between when you do something right and when you do something wrong. Yeah. Right? I totally know. I I definitely do. And for the most part, we know the difference between when we're doing something that is God-honoring versus something that is not. Hmm. So this is why confession is best done with others. One, they can hold us accountable. 
So here it is. Gather trusted friends, family, or a mentor and open your heart to them and confess your sins. Now that's our growth tip. And I, and I have to say to everyone sitting here and anyone listening, obviously this is hard. Yeah. It, it can be awkward. It can be clouded by shame, things that you don't want to admit to or confess to. Confession is not meant to be easy. However, the shame we feel through sin often keeps us from the grace of God. By mm. offering our confessions to each other or to others, we can be better positioned to sit in God's grace. So it's just like Christmas and puppies and candy and all those things. It's hard but it's really actually a, a huge gift, right? Mm-hmm. It's a huge gift. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. Whether you're here at family camp or in your car, wherever you might be, we have enjoyed, uh, we've enjoyed spending some time with you. So today we've cha- been challenged to choose who the true God is and to follow him wholeheartedly. Yeah. And for our lovely in-person crowd, uh, we've got snack for you in the dining hall. Yes. Um, it'll be some point tonight. I might've said that too early. Uh, and if you're listening to the, if you're listening to the Bible story podcast in your car, uh, well treat yourself to a snack that we are not providing. Maybe Dairy Queen could provide that. Or an apple. All the parents are hating me now (laughs) because, okay, we love you. I'm praying (laughs) for you. (laughs) Uh, remember there's nothing more important than a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's give the people in their cars a good sign off. Let's cheer. (laughs) 